Welcome aboard to Cruise Radio, your home port for everything cruising and more. Subscribe to our newsletter and weekly radio show at cruiseradio.net. From the Cruise Radio Studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Matt Bassford. And I'm Doug Parker. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Cruise Radio. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. On this show, everything you wanted to know about a harbor pilot and really weren't afraid to ask. Captain Bryson will be here with us. Also later on in the show, fitness blogger Megan Anderson will join us, telling us how to stay healthy and fit at sea. Before we get to Stuart Sheeran, I want to play a quick soundbite from last night's press conference in Charleston regarding the lawsuit against Carnival. This is Mayor Riley speaking. I'd like to say something to the people at Carnival, to the to those who direct the company, And all the wonderful people that we've had the opportunity to interact in our community. We welcome your presence in Charleston. We are proud and honored to have you. We're proud that this historic port city has your ships calling. We're proud of the quality of service that you render. We're proud of your commitments to environmental stewardship and to good service. We, we welcome you and we look forward to a long-term, mutually beneficial partnership between Carnival Cruise Lines, the South Carolina State Ports Authority, and the community of Charleston. All right, Stuart, what's your take on all this? Well, I mean, it, it appears frivolous. I mean, because, you know, we're on what, whose standing does the these neighborhood associations have to sue a government entity or a cruise line yeah so you know right now uh, you know it's 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 very interesting i mean they're, they're they want to uh i mean they're, they're claiming that uh you know they, they you know the carnival visually disrupts the historic skyline causes major traffic congestion and noise pollution you know they discharge pollutants into the harbor without the required permits and they spew dangerous soot and other air pollutants you know th- this is the city of charleston is going to have to deal with this because you know, first of all, you know, I mean, everyone is saying that look, it totally lacks merit. Uh, that you know, they completely comply with all the laws and regulations. And uh, and as as you know, I mean, the, the cruise lines go out of their way to exceed every minimum standard there is. Mm-hmm. But you know, it all really kind of boils down to on whose behalf do they feel they have the standing to sue? I mean, here you got a company that brings people to the city. You know, brings millions of dollars. Uh, in, in, in tourist revenues to the hotels, the restaurants, uh, tours, the, the airports. I mean, everything. It's just, it's, it's just, it just seems so frivolous. So a downturn in passengers over in Grand Cayman, which used to be one of the Caribbean's most popular ports. What's going on down there? It's actually the largest port in the Caribbean where you still have to take a tender. There, uh-huh. there are no port facilities for the, for the cruise ships. And on, on peak days, I mean, you could have seven, pa- you know, seven ships uh, you know, representing, you know, 20 to 25,000 people, and they're all having to tender in. Uh-huh. And it's, it's become, you know, very tedious and, and cumbersome for the cruise lines. As the ships get bigger, there are, there are lines to get on and off the ships, and it's just become an inconvenience. So, you know, fewer and fewer ships are going there. Uh, I know that, you know, in 2010, I believe it was a 25% downturn, and the summer, with fewer ships in the Caribbean, because more ships are out in Europe this year, mm-hmm. They're they're even they're going to be uh, you know hit even greater and now the the retailers the merchants are starting to feel the squeeze and they're just starting to wake up. They've been talking about building a pier. 
they're years behind uh, in development, and they're going to continue to uh, suffer a downturn until they do something to encourage uh, the ships to come back and, and build the facilities that are so necessary. So, Stuart, NCL, big announcement. NCL's big announcement is uh, they've actually come up with a name for the, the two ships that uh, are on order, and uh, they came up with Project Breakaway. Oh, thank God. <laughs> So now that that's finally been revealed, uh, we're all uh, you know very comfortable. But break in, in in a you know as far as a project involved with the cruise ship, are you you know serious? But uh, you know, bottom line is put that put the name aside. The ship, you know, the two ships are going to be really nice, and uh, it'll, it'll certainly be interesting to learn more about uh, what the what these new ships are going to entail. So, uh, how was your trip? Well, I got to tell you, the you know I just came back from. Seaborne uh, Quest, uh, the debut. We did a, a quick trip from uh, Rome to Monte Carlo. The Seaborne Quest is the third and currently the last in the series. Uh, even though the shipyard, uh, you know, essentially was uh, hinting that a uh, fourth one of these ships was imminent. It's a 32,000-ton ship, uh, which is um, you know significantly larger than you know their previous ships, which were 10,000 tons. Uh, but it only held uh, 450 passengers. And, I mean, these are the ships that, I mean, they really do feel like yachts. Uh-huh. Um, and the ship is just phenomenal. I mean, you could definitely tell, just like many of the recent introductions of other cruise lines, uh, you know, uh, Oceana's Marina, for example, recently, um, you know, Disney Dream, you know, with, uh, you know, Remy and Paolo. The, the specialty dining is, is just such a major impact and, and focus for the cruise lines to be able to continue to offer, you know, significantly different, diverse, and delicious, you know, meal options, uh, you know, to keep the, the passengers enticed and, and continuing to come back. But, you know, on, on the seaborne ships, I mean, you're talking about some of the absolute best, you know, cruise ships in the world, you know, offering the, the, the you know, the most unbelievable, uh, intimate, uh, you know, personable service that, 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 that you could have. Basically uh, much, much too fancy for us. Yeah, no, look, nothing's too fancy for you guys. Well, uh, tell Bruce that. Yeah. <laughs> Was this the uh, nicest ship that you've been on? Yeah, I mean that, and you know, I've you know, been on Silver Sea. But better than Marina? Oceana's Marina, which debuted in February, is really a unique ship. It is, it is gorgeous and really teeters on the luxury side uh, of of the cruise business. But uh, they try, they they just want to focus on being in the you know, let's say ultra deluxe segment of of the industry. But. Um, you know, this is just a, a smaller, you know, they have, there's more uh, passenger space uh, on board these ships, uh, the intimacy, and the, but just the service level is, is just very personable, uh, and, and really, it's almost down to a one-to-one ratio. You could equate it to like a floating peninsula hotel, which are some of the, among the, the best in the world. You really are so worldly and fancy, Stuart. Oh, Matt, we just try... <laughs> All right. Thank you, man. Be back, guys. Have you been dreaming lately about a romantic tropical cruise to the Caribbean? Cruise one. Or how about a breathtaking scenic cruise to Alaska? Cruise one. Or how about the Mexican Riviera? Or Cancun? Cosmo? Or New England? Or Canada? Or Italy? Or Greece? Or the Far East? Or how about a cruise around the whole world? Cruise one. Got a dream vacation for you. Cruise one. Let us send you on your way. Cruise One has more than 550 cruise specialists nationwide ready to help you plan your dream cruise. And speaking with a local Cruise One expert is as easy as calling toll-free 1-800- 
Cruise and the number one. That's 1 800 Cruise One. Or find us online at cruiseone.com. Number one in cruising nationwide. Cruise One. Yeah. Cruise One. Each episode, we give you Porthole Cruise Magazine's Pick of the Week. If you're cruising this summer in the Mediterranean and are calling at Nice, grab a table at Le Petit Maison. <laughs> Indulge yourself. It's of a France's finest delicacies. Oh, boy. If you're with a group, order an appetizer platter to start where you can choose among tapenades, carpaccios, and various Mediterranean vegetables, and then order several entrees to share like the bouillabaisse, lobster linguine, grilled shrimp, and truffle risotto. Good luck leaving room for dessert. Located in the heart of Nice's city center, right off the promenade, you can drop in for lunch, but should make a reservation for dinner. The restaurant is expensive, especially if you add in a bottle of local French wine, which you should, but it's well worth it. Just balance out the cost with some good street food later. Have a question for the experts, or would you like to talk about your cruise or vacation experience, good or bad? Email comments at cruiseradio.net. You've heard about them, perhaps you've seen them while you're cruising. Uh, sometimes they've been referred to as river pilots, but they are f- officially uh, called harbor pilots, and we're so excited and happy to have one with us here today. Captain Bryson, welcome to Cruise Radio. Well, thank you very much for asking me here. First of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I've been a harbor pilot in Jacksonville for 20 years. I graduated from the Merchant Marine Academy, the United States Merchant Marine Academy, in 1977. I began my formal maritime training at the age of 12 on the sailing ship Joseph Conrad. And I started sailing as master at the age of 26 on coastwise vessels and on ocean-going vessels at the age of 31. In the years between graduation from the academy and my promotion to master, I sailed as deck officer on vessels worldwide and primarily as chief officer. And I maintained a commission in the, uh, in the U.S. Naval Reserve as well. I've served as president of the local St. John's Bar Pilot Association here in Jacksonville, as well as the Florida Harbor Pilots Association. Currently, I serve on the Board of Pilot Commissioners for the state of Florida. What exactly, Captain Bryson, does a harbor pilot do? Pilots in the state of Florida are independent contractors that belong to uh, member associations within the state's pilot region. Uh, we're responsible for directing and controlling the movement of vessels, foreign flag, cargo, and cruise vessels into and out of Florida's 14 deep water ports. As harbor pilots, it's our duty to act in the public interest and maintain independent judgment from any outside influence that could jeopardize public safety. You said uh, Florida's 14 deepwater ports. What does that mean? Well, the, the 14 ports that are currently uh, used by deepwater commerce uh, within the state of Florida. State of Florida, okay. Does every ship that comes into the river require a harbor pilot on it? All non-U.S. flag cargo and cruise ships must take a state-licensed harbor pilot when entering and leaving ports in Florida. U.S. flag cargo and cruise vessels are not required by statute to take a state pilot. Uh, it is exceedingly rare for them to not take a pilot, uh, and they do this because it allows them to maximize their cargo lift. We, we can get them in and out of port uh, when typically other people cannot. People have this misconception that there's a big wheel uh, on the bridge and you just steer the ship up and down the river surely it isn't that easy oh no no it's not Uh, when we first get out not to go into at this point the difficulties getting on and off of the ship which you know is the first our first experience on the ship when we get to the bridge of the ship our job is to familiarize ourselves with the ship's navigational equipment and performance characteristics uh the working condition of the machinery 
as well as our ability uh, to communicate with the crew on the bridge. While English is the language of the sea, it's not spoken well by every nationality. Sometimes the process is distilled down to 20 or 25 unidiomatic words of English. In the course of piloting vessels, uh, we have to remain constantly vigilant. Uh, the slightest lapse in concentration can really result in a major disaster. The magnitudes of the risks involved are, are very high. Loss of life, uh, massive environmental damage, uh, massive property damage. In the, in, and for us, in the event of a significant incident, we face not only the loss of our license, but the end of our career, uh, personal financial ruin, and massive uninsurable liabilities, as well as the possibility of imprisonment. Let me just uh, interject here at this point, um, since you kind of brought it up. Let us back up a minute and, and take us through the process, because as you mentioned, the dangers initially from getting onto the ship. Let's start with that. Well, the transfer process from the pilot boat to the vessel, or vice versa, from the vessel to the pilot boat is... One of the riskiest parts of our job. Uh, we have a very high-risk profession. Uh, the risks we face are unlike those faced by other mariners, and having been in the maritime profession for a substantial amount of time prior to becoming a pilot, I'll speak to that personally. Uh, we're transferred from pilot boats, moving to vessels at sea, often during poor weather conditions, you know, heavy seas, uh, just very dangerous. This involves transferring while the pilot boat and the vessel are moving differently and at different periods. And judging exactly the correct moment to mount the pilot ladder and climb up to 30 feet up uh, to the main deck uh, of the vessel requires a lot of practice and skill and a lot of trust. Because there's no, there's no safety line. You don't have a... a no. You know, uh, you know I, I've heard it suggested that we use a, safe, a safety line, but that only works in a static environment. When right. everybody's moving together, you can tend a safety line correctly. Because it could but, probably be more dangerous than... Oh, oh uh, yeah. I, I, I don't want somebody holding onto a line anticipating what I might do and then pulling me off of a platform. You know, I, I've, I've gotten on ladders and gotten to the top of the ladder to find the ladder completely unsecured <laughs> and, and two crew members standing on the ladder holding it over the fish plate so it didn't move. It, it, uh, it was exciting. Wow. Uh, but, you know, it's, seriously, it, pilots are frequently injured. I've been badly injured uh, in, in, a, in a boarding accident. And uh, it, it was nine months of uh, pretty intense rehabilitation before I could even go back to work. Uh, pilots are frequently injured. And uh, sometimes they're killed. I, uh, speaking directly to Doug and his great uncle, uh, when he was uh, a Maryland pilot, was, was killed. I mean, it was a horrible tragedy for the family. And I, mean, I know your grandfather spoke often of it. It was... Uh, you know, it's a terrible thing, and it's just part of our life. All right, Captain, do you have some time for uh, listener questions? Sure. Uh, excellent. Excellent. This from uh, Tim in Bangor, Maine. I was on the navigational bridge on the Celebrity Solstice back in 2010, and they said they're going to digital charts. Are you still using paper charts for the river, and will they always be around? We use electronic charts on some of our piloting instruments, but while I think Paper charts will always be around as a as a as a safeguard against some kind of technological failure on on the on the vessel. Uh, we are presumed to have memorized the chart, uh, so we can react instinctively to the uh, to the navigation of the vessel. Uh, we do not refer to the charts as part of our minute to minute navigation on the vessel. This next one is from uh, John down in Tampa. Uh, do you find that private boaters are respectful for the most part, or can they be rude when you're navigating a ship? 
Well, it sometimes seems like they're rude, but I, I think it comes down more to a process of education for the small boaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us, I mean, they'll disappear under the bow, but to them it looks like we're five ship lengths away or more. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's a matter of perspective. Uh, they can be a nuisance. They can be a danger. Here in Jacksonville, we rarely have problems. I know other ports have uh, substantial problems with small boats, uh, and we rely on the law enforcement agencies to police that. Well, that was my next question. Say you're taking a ship up the river here in Jacksonville and you have a, a sailboat or a jet skier being kind of a, a nuisance. Would you contact, like, the Coast Guard or someone to kind of shoot them away or just? I would absolutely okay. contact the Coast gotcha. Guard. This next one, uh, thank you, Mark, in Sydney, Australia, for this. To what extent do river currents affect navigation? Well, uh, they, they affect navigation tremendously. Uh, it, it, it's, it places it, – whether you have a flood current or an ebb current uh, in the St. John's River, it's a whole different dynamic uh, for handling the vessel. Uh, we have had to place restrictions on certain vessels coming into the river uh, just because it is so difficult to turn them against the current uh, past a certain draft. Uh, it, it has a tremendous effect. This is a question that I have. Okay, like in radio, computers have taken a bunch of jobs, but clearly a computer can't take a river pilot's job ever, right? In my opinion, no. no yeah. I, I don't think that uh, at, at any level artificial intelligence is going to have developed the ability to essentially look into the future and anticipate what's going to happen. The, right. uh, instrumentation can only be reactive. Uh, it, it can't be proactive. It's just really cool. It seems like such an incredibly fun job, obviously a very challenging job. Uh, is, it as, is it much fun as it, as it appears? Oh, it certainly can be. I mean, it's a tremendously fulfilling job. It's it's a difficult job, and I, I know at the end of each task that I have accomplished something that I take pride in. Excellent. Well, Captain Bryson, thank you so much for being with us on Cruise Radio. We appreciate it. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity. It was a pleasure to meet you both. There was a lot more to that interview that we simply couldn't fit in the show due to time reasons. You can hear it all at cruiseradio.net. Click on the premium content logo. If you missed any part of the show or want to hear more, go to cruiseradio.net and click on Radio Channel. Or go to iTunes and search Cruise Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Cruise Radio. Blogger, runner, health freak, friend of Cruise Radio, Megan Anderson, found at MealsAndMiles.com. Welcome back to Cruise Radio, I should say. It's been like a year, hasn't it, Megan? Yeah, it's been a while. Yes, it has. Uh, Let's get right into it. Is it possible to sail without gaining any weight whatsoever? Yeah, it's totally possible and something that I've done before. Um, All it takes is a little planning ahead and um, getting rid of the mindset of, I'm on vacation, I can eat whatever the heck I want and get out and moving. Well, how should you portion your food when you're taking a cruise? Because there's so much food at your fingertips. Well, you have to do different approaches, too, and the big key is not, like, eating any differently than you would off the cruise. I mean, uh-huh. you could definitely indulge, but um, my biggest suggestion would be, like, sticking with your planned meal times, um, how you would regularly eat at home, like, stick with typical um, snacks and not try to go too far from that. And if you just keep having a snack and feeling full, then you'll never really have the need to overindulge. Should we calorie count on cruises? I mean, we're on vacation, right? 
Um, well, I'm not a big fan of calorie counting in general, but it's even harder to do on a cruise because everything um, is prepared on ship, so you really don't have exact calorie portions. Um, if you are going to calorie count, a lot of the cruise ships offer the spa menus that have the calories attached to them, mm-hmm. but I don't think you're going to stick with those meals most of the time. Yeah. So, <laughs> Are there any uh, certain exercises that you recommend while while sailing? Well, cruise ships usually have great onboard gyms. I know I'm a fan of getting up early and hitting that treadmill because usually when you're on that treadmill, it's up against the window and you just have a beautiful view of the ocean. And for me, that's what I my inspiration for getting up and working out. It's a, I mean, how often are you going to get on a treadmill and see nothing but water? It's gorgeous. They also have tracks on most cruise, cruise ships. Royal Caribbean has their onboard rock climbing that I've done before. That's a great workout. And even sightseeing, just getting out and walking tours and walking around and seeing the cities. That's great exercise for a cruise ship. Let's talk about my favorite thing on a ship, and that's drinks. Now, like a margarita has over 450 calories. Now, would you suggest any maybe adult beverage alternatives to those high-calorie drinks? Yes. You might. My rule is one fancy drink per cruise, but that's it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Otherwise, you stick with the um, soda water and vodka. It is usually my skinny girl drink of choice. Now, in your opinion, what's the uh, best cruise line for healthy eating? See, that's such a hard or hard way to answer because I know so many of the cruise lines are doing a great job nowadays to approach the healthier side of eating. I know that Celebrity Cruise has been famous before for their healthy dining options, but even Royal Caribbean and Carnival have their spa food options that are just as great. And a lot of the cruise ships, too, like for spe- as special diets is a bit tricky, Um I would just, you know, ask ahead of time for vegetarian and vegan, especially vegan options on the ship, and let your servers know that you have those dietary concerns, and they're usually the best to work with you. What are your thoughts on taking the stairs on a ship? I always take the stairs. I mean, the cruises are like 10 levels mo- or max, usually, uh-huh. and the, the stairs are such small increments in between. That's a great way to get a bit of fitness in. And plus, it beats waiting for the elevators. Because how long do you usually end up waiting for an elevator on a cruise ship? By the time you've gone on the elevator and gone up, you could have gone up and down the stairs like twice. She is blogger, health nut, and friend of Cruise Radio. You can follow her on Twitter at Meals and Miles or go to her site, MealsandMiles.com. Megan Anderson, thanks for uh, visiting with us again. Oh, thanks for having me. If you want to enjoy all the unedited interviews of Cruise Radio, then sign up for Cruise Radio premium content at cruiseradio.net. Hear all the interviews that don't make it to the show, behind the scenes, off-the-cuff talk with crew and officers, on-demand interviews, and more at Cruise Radio premium content. Sign up today at cruiseradio.net. Just click the premium content icon. 
Each week, we like to try and save you a little bit of money thanks to Cruise One. Now, these first three deals include a free shore excursion, so that's very, very nice. Uh, first one being a seven-night Western Caribbean cruise for three nineteen. That is awesome. Or cruise to Alaska this summer for six hundred and forty-nine dollars. Cruise to Bermuda this fall on NCL uh, for four seventy-nine. I like this one. Sail for just forty-two dollars a day on Carnival, and if you book now, you can save up to twenty percent off your next cruise. And how about Europe this summer on NCL? Book now and receive a $300 onboard credit, all courtesy of Cruise One. To take advantage of these deals, simply go to our website, cruiseradio.net, and click on the Cruise One logo. All right, that's going to do it for us this week. Coming up next week, more Cruise Radio news with Stuart Sheeran. And if you haven't downloaded the free Stitcher radio app yet to listen to Cruise Radio on the go, what you waiting for? Check it out at your smartphone app store. Again, don't forget about premium content, all the stuff that didn't quite make it to the weekly show. CruiseRadio.net and click on the premium content logo. From the Cruise Radio studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Matt Basford. And I'm Doug Parker. And this is Cruise Radio. Thanks for listening to Cruise Radio. For information on how your company can reach over 100,000 travel enthusiasts a week, email sales at cruiseradio.net. Find Cruise Radio on iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Just search Cruise Radio. I'm your announcer.